Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, MOP FPL champion Chuck Bailey and super producer, it's Tiny Ian Stimson! Ian, (laughs) how many throws would it take... To get a potato in a golf hole. Oh, someone's finally watched Taskmaster, haven't they? I sure fucking have. <laughs> Tiny and Stimson, how very dare you? He looks like a hot dog that's been rolled on a barbershop floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally Ian Stimson. Um, well, there's been so little football chat this week, we may as well go into Taskmaster for <laughs> half an hour. Yeah, obviously that's where to start here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like the Taskmaster Champions of Champions series, and I think that should stay as it is, exactly as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I think that a super taskmaster <laughs> I think just more fans, isn't it? More fans. Look, more as people. long as James Acaster and Noel Fielding can't get relegated from the super taskmaster, that's all I want. No, Acaster, Fielding, Mortimer have to be in every series. Then one person gets to be in by invite only. Oh, all right. Well, obviously, that's the banter done. There is quite a lot of soccer stuff to get to this week. Or should I say football? Uh, which, of course, means that we have to start with the most important one, and that is a check-in on the weather on Posh Island. Mr. Simpson, I'm hearing that it is cloudy with a chance of promotion, so tell us about <laughs> Peterborough. A high chance of promotion. A high chance of promotion. Yeah, Peterborough played their game early Friday night against the Scum Cobblers, uh, Northampton, uh, in the Riverine Derby. Uh, everyone knows that one. And <laughs> uh, we beat them. We put the pressure on Sunderland and they crumbled. They crumbled under the pressure. Again. And lost to Blackpool, who I said are in amazing form. Ian Holloway's Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we are now eight points clear with five games to go. I think 538 got us at what, 97% or something now. Not that anyone's oh, counting. Look at you saying it like you're yeah. checking. You're not checking. I, I, I think like I he doesn't have it a few projected times. on his wall yeah. right now <laughs> in real time. Tattooed on his dick. So, yeah. yeah. Fulham versus Peterborough next year by the looks of it. Yeah, straight into uh, the Prem, I think, with the way things are looking. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> There's going to be some spots. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? All right. Well, if you are joining us for the first time, Thank you. We're happy to have you. We are miles offside. We are two Brits and one American. We try to talk about soccer, but we mostly get distracted. Um, And if you're back, thank you. We love you. Thank you for coming back. Uh, Leave us a five-star review. Tell more friends. All that good stuff. And we will get straight to it, as we always do with our famous segment. Rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Our top story this evening... Manchester United have changed their Old Trafford backdrop from red to black after players' recent struggles. That's right. The color of the banners covering the seats at Old Trafford from red to black have been changed in an effort to win more home games. Right. <laughs> if we have any new listeners, we will talk about the Super League. This is just yeah, what we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Tommy Kukumanga from Schenectady, New York, who did it. Text me this morning along with about 70 other people being like, what's up with this Super League? And I was like, Miles Offside Podcast. We're available on iTunes, <laughs> Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Whatever you need. Skip like 10 minutes. We'll get to it. But we got to get some funny news stories out of the way. (laughs) Uh, Imagine being so desperate that changing your seat color is your strategy to getting more wins. Imagine being so stupid that you then, if you genuinely think that's a thing, you then tell the media about it. (laughs) 
that's you know did he not learn anything from when do you you remember Oscar it might have been before your time when grey kit uh, yeah, the grey kit. I think it was a Southampton game or whatever, where they blamed the loss on the grey kit blending into the crowd. That was a classic Fergie, uh, Fergie excuse. And Ole's just, you know, he's taking on the mantle of Ferguson. That's that's what he's doing. Yep, he's a he's a club man. He believes in the the culture of uh, blaming shirt colours. <laughs> yeah, why not? Struggles. Why not? It's it, also this is this is a brand new problem that has only just arisen. Uh, with no fans being in there for fucking ages and red. Yeah, it's not the like the fans are wearing red also. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally wearing the same jerseys as the players. Yeah. No, they were wearing green and gold, mate. Green and gold. Green uh, and gold. Big, big protest. Big protest. Out. Um our next story. Tyreek Mitchell has signed a new contract that will keep him at the club until twenty twenty five. Chuck Crystal Palace <laughs> <laughs> The future. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's quite any good. Any contracts, yeah, any contracts. Any contracts. Young, yeah. Any sign-in. Give him a second series, you shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's not 35 and you signed him, so that's good, right? That's like a huge He's win. He's 20. Bring, brings your average age down. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> will, because they're all retired at the end of this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should, um, before we get to the Super League stuff, we should touch a little bit on the racism stuff, because we did uh, skip that last week. Um, things are obviously still very raw given the situation in the U.S., more raw probably than they were last week, but I don't want to put that off again. So just a few, I'll rattle off the situations that are happening. You guys don't have to comment, and then we'll get to the Super League. But we want to continue to shine a light on the racial issues in the game. Uh, The first one is Tyrone Mings, Aston Villa and England defender, received racist abuse on social media. Um, 28, Tyrone Mings, 28, posted a screenshot on Twitter of the abuse, which included a racial slur, and that was sent to him on Instagram, another day in the life of a social media with no filter said Tyrone Mings. So our love to him and uh, the Aston Villa fan community, stop being trash, people. Um, Continuing on with the racial stories, uh, that fucking piece of shit, Kudela, who uh, is on Slavia, only got a 10-game ban, which is pretty ridiculous. And Rangers of Glenn Camera, a.k.a. the person who was the victim of said racial abuse, was suspended for three. So good job, UEFA, on that. He got he got to punch a racist in the face though. That's nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, a slightly more substantial one. Uh, kick it out. Uh, the anti-discrimination charity says it would back a Premier League-wide boycott of social media in protest at online racial abuse. Swansea, Birmingham, and Scottish champions Rangers are already boycotting social media for a week, and this comes on the heels of several racial incidents with players receiving abuse on social media, as we've talked about. Hopefully. If the clubs remove themselves from social media, then that might be something that actually generates some forward momentum with all that sort of stuff. So I'm happy if potentially this does go through. Uh, it doesn't seem to be happening at the social media level. So it does sort of seem to be on the clubs to take charge over the situation and then try to improve it for themselves. And I think bringing in a charity um, that works specifically anti-discrimination stuff is is a, a good way to potentially go about doing that. It can't hurt, can it? It shines a light on it from, you know, saying they're not, not going to... You know, boycotts will have to go longer and longer until something happens, but you you would ultimately customers, especially big customers like clubs with big followings, leaving a platform or temporarily or, or permanently or whatever is the only way that they're going to understand. You've got to hit them in the pocket. Money seems to be an issue this week, doesn't it, money? Anyway. Yes, actually, money, definitely. That does uh, seem to be the story of the day, so let's move on. 
from the depressing racism stuff to the, if you are English, depressing Super League stuff. And if you're from somewhere else, maybe you might have a slightly different perspective on it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so obviously, the big, big, big story, actually, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, and Tottenham have signed along with AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Inter, Juve, and Real Madrid on agreeing to join the new European Super League. It will be... I believe it's just the Super League. There's no Europe about it, mate. We didn't vote for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Brexit. Oh, finally, Brexit is paying dividends. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like... This is the soccer Brexit. <laughs> yeah, it really is, yeah. Oh, my God. You know, it, to do this, honestly, on the week that Prince Philip... You know, like, uh, like what a what a disgrace. To, no, okay. For anyone who doesn't know the situation, I guess we should first start off with explaining, like, what this is and what the controversy is, who's involved, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, God, imagine if people genuinely did come to us first for their news. <laughs> yeah, that would be worrying. I do genuinely know a few people who are going to listen to this episode because they were curious about this story. Yeah, so... Um, oh, oh, we got friends. <laughs> Oh, I've got a friend. He live upstate. <laughs> hey, don't talk about Tommy Kukamang that way, all right? He's a he's a gentleman and a scholar. Kukamang! Um, all right, so Ian, do you want to sort of give us the, the at least the basic background here of what happened? Yeah, so the highlights are that, uh, or the lowlights, depending on which way you look at it, are uh, that 12 clubs came forward to say that they were forming a, a Super League. Not not a European Super League, sorry, Chuck. Uh, a Super Thank League. you. Um, so six of those uh, six of those twelve clubs uh, from the Premier League. Uh, they hope to have three other clubs. Although we we'll might maybe talk about this, but there's some doubt over who those three other clubs will be. Uh, these fifteen founding members will not be able to be relegated. That will be they will be permanent fixtures in that league. Five other places will be given out annually based on. Um, well, that's the thing they haven't actually said yet, but based on domestic performance, yeah, there's been no details of that yet. So five teams annually will qualify from from domestic leagues, apparently. Uh, so yeah, that's going to happen from next year uh, with midweek games, and uh, they think everything's going to be fine, and they'll just be able to drift along in their normal competitions as well. Yeah, so that's kind of the impetus. They came out on Sunday, those 12 clubs, and released a joint statement saying that this was going to happen. Um, I think it's really important to highlight that this is not meant to be a direct rival to their domestic leagues. It's meant to be a direct rival to the Champions League, which is a midweek thing, right? So, like, these people aren't saying they want to leave England or Spain no. or Italy. They're saying we want to start a new thing, but, like, on Wednesdays. Um, because that seems to be, I think, part of the confusion. Um, but... The flip side of that is that the domestic leagues have responded very aggressively in response to this proposal, specifically talking about potentially relegating teams or kicking them out or banning players from international competitions. FIFA and UEFA came out and said that about the World Cup and the Euros, all this sort of stuff. So there's been a lot of like blowback, pushback, I should say, from the every, basically every other party involved, domestic leagues, international organizing bodies, all that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, but at least on paper, the plan is not to leave their domestic leagues. It is just to replace the Champions League during the week. So that's kind of the, where we're at. So I guess I'll go to Chuck and say, Chuck, as a fan of another Premier League club, but not one of the big six that is planning on joining this, 
Well, big six. What's now, your mate? kind of read on this situation? <laughs> One of the new big six. <laughs> yeah. One of the new big six. New money. Yeah, where would you guys be on the table if uh, if you kick all the six teams out? Uh, we're going Europe, mate. We're going European tour. <laughs> Don't worry about that, mate. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to preface everything with this is very nuanced. And I reserve the right to choose my direction as I speak and make up my mind as we go. Classic. Okay. <laughs> it, on the surface of it, ultimately, I don't really give a shit because... <laughs> okay, good. Right. There you go. Okay. I don't support one of these teams. So they can just... If they want to do whatever they want to do, that's fine. It's life. Go do that. What I think is ridiculous and shouldn't really be able to happen is the whole, we're going to go off and do this, Oh, and we want to be in our domestic leagues as well. That kind of part of it doesn't make any sense to me. I can't fathom why, especially with what's kind of being thrown back and forth at the minute. We're kind of in the, the, the starting throes of dick swinging, as it were, with people trying to negotiate quite aggressively and quite quickly and sanctions, potential sanctions coming, but nothing being as forthcoming at the minute as is UEFA's want with these punishments. Um, <laughs> but I think that the kind of responses at the minute are quite emotional based on the fact that they they all dropped this uh, announcement at 11.30 on a Sunday evening um, and some of these clubs have subsequently deleted those announcements that they put on Twitter. Um, so obviously the purpose of it is for the uh, Asian fans just waking up, American fans in the afternoon, kind of the extremities as opposed to trying to hide it from the English fans. And um, I, a part of me is really, really enjoying the whole chaos and, and other element of it. Um, but... Yeah, my, my club still exists. Um, my club still is going to play. So whatever they do and whatever ivory towers they want to sit in, ultimately in that way, doesn't really directly affect me. Okay, so that's fascinating. We'll get to the international fans because obviously that's a big part of the story here. That doesn't get looked at nearly enough. No, and I do want to preface this by saying like, I'm not going to... This might be the most genuine conversation I've had on this podcast in the following 60 minutes that we're about to record. <laughs> I am not going to troll. I'm not going to like play devil's advocate. I'm not going to 100% defend this uh, Super League because I don't actually, if we were voting, like I would vote no on this for the record. Okay. But I think that I do have a pretty unique perspective compared, I've been listening to podcasts all morning and even podcasts with American people like um, Always Cheating, right? Like. And I think that we have a chance to have like a really productive and interesting discussion about this. And so I want to treat that with the respect that it deserves and not just like concern troll or like fake say stupid things just to like instigate or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I also want to hear you guys out. So I'm my, the thing that has surprised me the most, I think, is the reaction of the domestic leagues. And Chuck, you said that like, okay, I'm a Palace fan. This doesn't affect me. Like, fuck it. Who cares? Why? If... These clubs are saying, we're not going to leave the Premier League. We just want to do this on Wednesdays. Why is the Premier League or La Liga or Serie A or all the different leagues domestically reacting so strongly in opposition to this? Like, what is the English? And Ian, I might even, I'm really curious to hear from you as a lower divisions fan. Like, why is the FA, why is the Premier League so against it? Like, what? What? what is the reason for that? Well, let's preface every like like chuck says let's preface everything with the fact that it is money it's about money 
So they yeah, I didn't want to lead with that because it just kind of means we could just sit here for an hour in silence and go. It's all it's money. All about money. All no, of it. I, yeah, everything's but, money. But, but yeah, but the, the <laughs> we're trying the, to be a bit more than that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But the pro the pros and cons can be more <laughs> can be more nuanced than that. But yeah, that is ultimately why UEFA and the Premier League have come out so. Uh, strongly against this because it devalues their product. So it's a case of the Premier League, even if those teams stay in the Premier League, and we talk about whether that's likely or not, but even if those teams stay in the Premier League, if they are regularly, and it's going to be very regularly, playing in this European Super League against good, you know, better opposition, the sort of thing that the Champions League is what you aspire to, what you qualify for then it devalues their product. It makes it less valuable because um, people have got so finite amounts of money that they're going to spend on subscriptions. And if you're a, a supporter of one of these clubs, then you might decide to funnel your money towards the viewing experience of watching Chelsea versus Real Madrid, Real Madrid, Chelsea versus Barcelona, rather than watching Chelsea versus Fulham and Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. That's gonna gonna happen. So it de- that that's why they've come out so strongly because it, it it devalues their product. The UEFA have come out so strongly because it's a direct competitor to the Champions League. Yeah, sure. They're trying to take UEFA out. Like this is very clearly an attack. It comes UEFA out entirely. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. UEFA like is the only person who is like a hundred percent against this because it is yeah. a direct threat to their existence. Like yeah, fine. absolutely. It cuts them out of the out of the mix entirely. Um, but let's talk about the the fact that. The domestic leagues have said they uh, and UEFA have said they will not be able to play in domestic competitions. So that means cups, leagues. If they're choosing to do this, they're out. Good fucking um, riddance. <laughs> but the Premier League, while saying that they're going to throw throw these people out if they do this, throw these clubs out if they do this, they they can't do that. The Premier no, League it's, can't. It's do such that. an empty threat. Like it's yeah. such an empty threat. Everyone's full of shit this week. The Premier League isn't going to kick these teams out. They're not going to kick. They're not going to kick three of the four semi-finalists out of this year's Champions League, like they're talking about doing. Actually, yeah. that one maybe because that is UEFA. But like, everyone's just empty threading left and right because they because this caught everyone off guard, and so they like have to like stand their ground and then see where things fall out. So I yeah. agree. It's a, it's a complete horseshit that the Premier League would ever ever alienate the six clubs that generate ninety percent of its revenue, like the. Yeah, international fans aren't watching fucking Burnley. We're paying to watch Chelsea and City. The thing is, if it, if it all goes as these clubs say they want, and I don't know whether they're being entirely ingenuous in that, but the way they say they want it to work is that they stay in their domestic league. This is something that's played at the midweek. It it doesn't matter. They'll they'll be able to carry on in the Premier League. The problem is that this Super League, the money involved is immense. It's Backed by JP Morgan for what three, four billion pounds. Each club will get f- something like three hundred million pounds. So I then- heard four point six billion and four hundred million for each club founding right. member. Okay, but so crazy money. So crazy money. That then, if they stay in the Premier League, it's. I mean, it's already a sort of case of the 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 big clubs that have revenues, especially in uh, in Asia, have this pot of money they can draw on that other clubs don't necessarily there's already a disparity between the top six seven clubs or whatever and the rest of the league which you know you can you can say happened when the premier league got formed whatever that's something else we might talk about but like the 
the problem is this will create a total, even, even if they stay in the Premier League, it gives them a ridiculous advantage. You will never, ever see another club break into the top six when these six clubs have got that sort of income stream. You'll never see that. that so it will essentially be a league within a league anyway even if they stay in the Premier League, and this goes ahead. It diminishes the status of having those teams in the league as well. Like, I don't understand if if all they are trying to achieve is that, then what is the point in them being in domestic leagues? And I, I don't uh, per se, you know, obviously I started it at the beginning saying I don't really care because as long as my club exists and I get to watch my club play, I don't care what league they're in and, and mm. whatever happens. It's been in lower leagues before. It'll probably happen again. Yeah, and I understand It's just that, a simple yeah. fact of life. But... I don't understand why they would still want to then be in both of those competitions. And it just feels like uh, at this point they don't really care because it's just about the financials. And I and I don't have a problem with that. I think I think the problem is a lot of these people are, that are outraged. And I think the reason there is such an outrage on Twitter and those kind of places is because such a higher percentage of fans naturally are from those six clubs. Sure. So yeah. no matter what your kind of supporter base and whatever kind of element of Twitter you're in, unless you're in a an isolated area where literally no one is football fans, most of the people in that, I'd, I'd probably say, I don't know, 40, 50%, maybe more, 60% are made up of fans of those top six clubs. Mm. And it, it seems to be that it's just dawned on a lot of these people that the whole point is capitalism. And that's <laughs> that's just it, that... that that all you are seen as is a commodity and that's a simple fact and it's when you get that attached that sincere attachment to a club that's when they know they fucking have you that's when these clubs keep putting up their prices for all these kind of things that's when they charge 70 odd quid for a shirt and change it every single season and have an a, a third strip and have two goalkeeper kits and all these kind of things because they know they will have you and that's simply about it so if the percentage market share, and and as I've I've heard from various places, is that they've heard from uh, directors and people in these boards that are obviously hiding behind their 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 hidden personas, as it were, and and leaving the dealers uh, the uh, and leaving the players and the managers to, out to dry yeah. in their pre-match and post-match interviews and everything that's going to be coming up while they just sit there and count their money is that they knew the response it would get and they simply do not give a fuck because these six clubs do not care about 60 million people in England. They care, or in, in Britain, sorry, they care about 1.2 billion people in India. They care about 1.7 billion people in China. They care about 400 million people in America. And so the simple fact is that you do not matter to them. That's simply it. But the flip side of that is I wonder, what does it look like Mm. Let's say because we, we everything we do for this whole entire show has to be about hypotheticals, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah so yeah. let's say this goes ahead with whatever twenty teams it is, and they aren't allowed to remain in their domestic leagues. Who fills the stadiums? What? Who, who do you? What do you think people? What kind of people will be going to those games? The same people who go to lower league games, locals who want to support their local club. But do you For think sort of if stuff. it's about if it's about local areas getting disenfranchised, which is what a lot of the ire and thing is, and and that's what is being weaponized at the minute, do you think that they would still go as much? Because naturally, yeah. as this happens, and the and the capacity for prices is even more because they are trying to be a more international structure franchise, as it were, that the prices become so unaffordable 
I don't, I don't know. I'm just, just trying to say, like, I what, think, what do you so guys think? So if I could sort of present responses from the other side to this, just to sort of keep that sort of perspective alive, um, I would argue that that's largely the world that the Premier League is already living in. They, it's, it's, it's been, what, 16 years since it's been easier to watch these games in other countries than in England? Yeah. Like, the Premier League already cares about the international fans as an entity. For them to then turn around and be like, oh my god, this is such an affront to the English values and the English culture when they're too busy, like, marketing themselves internationally is, seems really kind of bullshit to me. Like, everyone was fine... When, who, Grace Robertson made, made this point on Twitter really, really well. She said, England and the other four big leagues have already been hoovering up all the talent from everywhere in the world. Yeah. Like, if you're Egyptian, you're not going to stay in the Egyptian league. You're Mo Salah and you're going to go to the Premier League. If you're Brazilian, you know, Pele played in Brazil. Neymar doesn't fucking play in Brazil. Messi doesn't play in Argentina. That's all for reasons, right? Like, that's where the money is, so that's where the talent goes. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to just watch soccer... I could watch the MLS. I don't have to get up at four in the fucking morning or yeah. I'm sorry. That's the West coast fans seven in the morning to watch Chelsea Newcastle on a weekend. Right? Like I do that because that's where the good players are. And that's what I want to watch. And the Premier league knows that. Yeah. And the big teams know that because like they already, there's a reason that Carlo Ancelotti and James Rodriguez, Real Madrid's James Rodriguez are at Everton this year. It's the TV money. Uh, we talk about how much the 20 richest clubs in the world are the Premier League plus a handful of others, or the 25 richest, right? Like, and we, you want to talk about, like, oh, it'll stratify, stratify the top or whatever. Roman Abramovich buying Chelsea in 04 was largely the beginning of, like, the oil era, let's say, right? Like, after that, City came in, PSG came in, Monaco came in. But, like, to a certain extent, Abramovich was the first, like, oil tycoon that came in and just gave billions of dollars to a club to make them famous and big from nowhere. And since 0405, there have been, let's say, 64, 16 seasons, so 64 Champions League spots up for grabs, four every season for 16 seasons. Of those 64, since Abramovich bought Chelsea in 04, 62 have gone to the big six. Everton in 2004 and Leicester, that fucking crazy year where they won the title are the only two teams outside the big six to finish in the top four in the last 16 years since I've been a fan and since Abramovich bought the team. Mm. So that, like, romantic idea of, like, who's going to finish, can, well, what, like, what, now another team's not going to finish in the Champions League spots? It's already the big sixes league. Like, it's already a massive disparity. Yeah, but I feel, like, if you, I think if you took that as a smaller microcosm, you would see in recent years it's been changing more, like, more likely and that's what that's what i think sticks in the core of a lot of people is this comes at a time when juventus are fourth in their league um liverpool arsenal i mean the fact that arsenal and tottenham are in this anyway is absolute and not in a trolling (laughs) or not in a chuckling at people is absolutely fucking laughable and their simple simply their presence identifies that this is just about money and if it was if it was just arsenal tottenham though this wouldn't be happening it's with Man United, Man City, Chelsea, and and thing, and uh, I get I get what you're saying, Oscar, and understand that it is international, and that's a simple fact of the game. I don't think we're not, but you know, to go back to what my actual question is, like who goes to these games? Yeah, that's the thing. I who, think I think who like Oscar, you took it as a Premier a Premier League thing. They they have been aware for years about the monetary value 
of international fans. They've wanted, and they've wanted to drive a wedge. They've, we've said that so many times. It's yeah. been clear over the years. The big teams want to drive a wedge by buying more players, more expensive players. Unfortunately now, because of the wealth of talent on offer, it's simply not possible. Yeah. And teams are able to build better squads simply by the numerical, the, 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 the amount of good players that there are. So where they're getting caught out now, they need to find another way to drive a wedge. And that's this. Yeah. But I think you, you raise an interesting point of who's going to the games because, you know, I'm sure you've seen, although I'm sure your, uh, Oscar, your Twitter football experience is probably broader than mine. Like most of my journalists, people, fans and people I follow are probably going to be British. The, oh, mine too. Uh, well, mine yeah, too. I'm sure. But I'm yeah. sure you've got a few more global figures than, than I have probably. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But like what I'm saying is the, the reaction I've seen has been universally negative. Now, we all know that when when this probably comes to pass, there will be people who buy the subscriptions, watch the games. Of course there will. But it's been so universally negative that, to begin with, there will possibly be a struggle to fill these seats. I don't think that... Because you're saying that people, you know, the, the locals will be the ones that fill the seats. We're seeing protests at the Leeds-Liverpool game tonight. And I think it's possible that they struggle, uh, certainly to begin with anyway, to, to fill these seats. And that is a problem for it being a saleable product. Because we've all seen how the, you know, without fans in the stands, and I'm not suggesting it would be entirely empty, but without fans in the stands, it's nowhere near the product it should be and without okay. the atmosphere like atmosphere I'm, yeah it's i'm sorry guys that is i'm okay i'm gonna be level-headed about this obviously you guys are really smart the idea that watching manchester city watching kdb play messi is going to be on any level not marketable or not saleable when there are how many billion people on this planet yeah Every, if if every single Chelsea fan, every single Arsenal fan, and for the record, Ian, it has been universal. I'm the only person who's not 100% against this that I have come across <laughs> okay. at all. Like, and I have problems with it, especially with how they've gone about this, and we, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. if every fucking Chelsea fan in the world was like, I don't agree with this, I quit, you'd fill all of those spots right back up with somebody else. Yeah, every yeah, but- single one of us is replaceable, and they're, and the idea that like... It's the best players in the world playing each other. Not gonna have, they're not going to have any problem selling that to people. Filling the actual seats in the stadium. That's what I'm talking about, though. The actual yeah, seats no, 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 in the I stadium. Know. Yeah, They don't care about the seats in the stadium. They care about the TV. No, but they, they do have the to fill the them. They have to fill them because the TV companies need those seats filled. The product has been, from, from the Premier League, the product has been terrible that we've been, we've been watching because of the lack of atmosphere. And, and even if you do fill those seats, if Arsenal are getting battered every week and are going to be bottom <laughs> of this league... Oh, they will. Then, yep. then, that, then that atmosphere is, is zero, even if you've got the seats filled. And I'm not a, I know what you're saying, but I'm not 100% that you fill all of these seats in the stadium all the time. Certainly to begin with, I think because the... the, the, the reaction has been so universally negative i think that filling all the seats with locals is not necessarily a given and i think that makes a sale a more saleable product when the the seats when the stadiums are full and the atmosphere 
is like you get with a derby, which you won't necessarily get with these games that will happen year in, year out with the same 15 teams and probably the same five qualifying, depending on what especially the... When it's, know, especially when it's actually like supporters associations and fan groups that are all you kind of unilaterally coming out against oh, this yes. and yeah, doing yeah. things like you know Liverpool Liverpool fan groups are removing flags from Anfield or they already have done and they don't want them displayed and I think some are going to change at Man United and 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 all these kind of things that it's they they, they aren't interested so it, it that's the the other transition obviously it's then who is coming to those stadiums if they are going to fill it is it literally all tourism yeah, football, I mean that's possible. Yeah, because that to me is absolutely fine, and I, I that that's fine again as as a product and a thing. I understand on the business level that's where we kind of are going to end up getting. But I also know from my experiences that those people standing there and taking selfies, like a vast percentage, and because it gets priced out because of how expensive it is, those aren't the vocal people. Mm, those yeah. aren't necessarily going to be the people who engage that much with the team. So on the flip side, not just about filling the stadiums, but how do the players feel playing in that environment potentially? Yeah. If you are playing to empty stadiums and that, you know, play, players, of course, you know, when you get two great teams of 11, but they're still, you know, stood in the new Camp potentially with 90,000 empty seats yeah. at the minute, let's say. Do you, so you guys genuinely that. think that they're not going to be able to sell tickets to these games? Like, obviously, the international TV market is a separate issue. Yeah. You don't think that they can find 20,000 people to, that want to watch Chelsea play Barca? Even I'm not if saying they're they won't find it. The I'm not, I'm not it? saying like, they won't find it. I'm saying where, where does that come from? What does it look like? What price is that? Because the price of football is going up and up and up. And so if that's the case, every ticket's going to end up being hundreds of pounds, which means it's going to price out locals anyway. I, I think you might... you Look, and this is, being, this is very reactive because it happened... Uh, we're recording on Monday night. It happened last night. So this is very reactive. But you could get things like supporters, associations, buying up tickets, but then not turning up. Hmm. Like, Fair. you know, could you, you, yeah. could, you could get things like that now. And I'm only saying it now because the, the response is so universally negative. Now, it might not matter in that if you half fill a stadium and you you lose half of the match day revenue, which isn't even that big a slice of the pie now anyway. No, 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 no. These clubs make 20 times as exactly. much from TV contracts as they do from the yeah. stadium revenue. Like, And if they can half fill the stadium... What impact does that have on the global TV audience compared to full stadiums? It might be negligible. So it might, you know, it might not, the, the, the impact of not having quite the same atmosphere in the Premier League, not having quite full stadiums, maybe having tourists who don't know the songs and chant the chants and do, you know, that might not matter. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm fully eyes open, but that it might not be an issue anyway. But... The quality of the atmosphere and the percentage sales of the tickets to start with might not be a hundred percent. That's that's all I'm that's, saying. That is a that is probably a fair point, especially to begin with. I think that transition is going to be awkward. Yeah, might as well bring in the American angle now because this does look a lot more like American sports, right? Like, yeah, especially in terms of the structure. They're talking about two conferences, a playoffs, which is they're not using those words, but <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. That's what American sports is. There's the National League and the American League in baseball. There's the AFC and the NFC in football. There's the East and the West conferences in basketball. MLS has East and West also, I think. I'm not actually sure. Um, 
And then, you know, you, you play a season, about half the league split up into two little groups. And then at the end, you go into a knockout tournament that's called the playoffs, right? Like, this is actively parroting different elements of different American sports. There's going to be a salary cap as There's well. Going to, there? Potentially, they're talking about a salary cap, which is a, an idea that they're getting from... I mean, a lot of sports have salary caps. I think they're looking at the NBA model more specifically for it. And I think the NBA is actually a perfect example. Because the NBA came from different basketball leagues, realizing that they were diluting their products, if we want to go fully capitalism gross Which with is this. Fair because enough. Yep. this is fully a capitalist. <laughs> Which like, is what it is. For the record, I this is gross, and they are taking advantage of a hard situation, and these clubs only care about money. They don't give a fuck about the fans. Like, I don't deny... And if you are having such a visceral reaction, it's probably because socialism is the choice for you. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Just saying. Um, But the NBA came together from like separate basketball leagues. This is getting into the history of it. And we're like, if we all put our best players together and we pick our like best teams and make one thing, that will be better. And I think that idea of concentrating talent is Mm. the big selling point here. And potentially if you are a fan who is looking for like some sort of thing to hold on to here, that doesn't make you want to just like never watch soccer again. Cause I don't think a lot of people are going to be actually quit Arsenal. No. I think people are angry today. And I think once those games start up, they're going to be watching just like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and as a f- basketball fan, I am much, much happier to live in a world where yes, maybe I can't afford to go to a game. Fine. I've been, I haven't been to a basketball game in like 10 years, but I get to watch LeBron play Steph Curry every year. Do you know how fucking cool it would be to watch, to have seen Messi play KDB twice a year for all these years? Or just pick players that are spread out that like, you know, people are like, oh, well, we already have the Champions League for that. No, we don't. The Champions League is fucking Ludogorets playing Krasnodar with Man City destroying the group. And then maybe if you're lucky once every 10 years, you'll get that matchup that you want. We got really lucky this year because we got Bayern Munich PSG, right? Like. What an what a matchup. We got to watch Madrid Liverpool. What a matchup. But like the Champions League often often doesn't actually get those big teams playing each other until maybe the semis and the finals. I think that's what works though. For for me, that's the novelty of why I watch it, because I don't watch the Champions League religiously or for, like I follow it in the way that it's there and I understand it through speaking to you and just being on Twitter and those kind of things. And I have BT Sport and BT is the only ones who, they're the ones who broadcast it all over here, right? And so what that means is I get less Premier League games, but every Champions League and Europa League game I can watch. And so occasionally, like I'll dip in and out, but I'm, you know, I'll watch every so often when those games come up, fine. But I'm not actively seeking that out if you see what i mean for me and i understand that's fine like that cannot be for me um sorry just just an update as well i've had the twitter open just in case there's any changes and uh i've just seen something that apparently the super league clubs have decided that their champions league trophies will transfer over to the super league so uh real, <laughs> real madrid starts with 13 super league titles there you go um, so, but, there you go but, so, but i think that's the kind of magic of it it's why cup competitions and knockout competitions are fun anyway but that's obviously just for me and this i don't think this is for me so so much of this is not for the people that so that i think that's a great point because that's where the clubs really fucked up for me is they did not seek input from the fans they did not seek input from the players 
obviously the leagues, the UEFA is going to have a problem with this, but I could very much see a world where if they went to the Premier League or to the other Premier League clubs and were like, hey, these things are in action. These things are going to happen someday. It's just a matter of how and when. Do you want to be a party with a say in this Mm. or some sort of like have a conversation with the parties that matter? Like these players, what about the players? They're talking about not being able to play at the World Cup, not being able to play at the Euros. Like they're signed to this contract for this club. What the fuck is, you know, I keep going to KDB because he just played. He's the best player in the (laughs) league right now. Whatever. (laughs) He's present in your mind. (laughs) Right. What's KDB going to do? Is he going to call Man He's going to be like, all right, sorry, Man City, I can't play for you guys because I want to play at the Euros this summer? Like, that fucks the players over potentially in a very significant way. And they didn't check but with I the think, players. Oh, but, well, that's, that's exactly it. And that's that's the what the clubs have to deal with, don't they? And that's that's the, the interesting point that I, I was going to say is that I think that whilst we've got the time now is to go into it because that's that seems to be the side that people aren't talking about. Everything is about the fans and this and thing. And mm. obviously, you know, We've had our, our our opinions on that, and that's fine. But what do we think happens with players in general, like on all things, on who they play for, how they play, how transfers work, how youth development works? Uh, what uh, I'd be really intrigued to know what your guys' thoughts are on this. I think money talks. I think if I was a one of the most the three hundred most talented soccer players in the world, I would rather make. 100 million a 100 million a year playing for my club than playing for my country every 4 years with a bunch yeah. of players who potentially are not at my level who uh like I don't know nah, maybe I'm really cynical but I feel like the magic of the cup we lost that shit like we're in a global world already these clubs are super rich they're never not going to be super rich anymore they can't put that cat in the bag once once Abramovich bought Chelsea the game changed and players are much more loyal, and I think rightly so, because, like, I wouldn't fucking turn down 100 million pounds a year. You know what I mean? Like, Who's getting paid 100 million pounds a year? I don't know. That's just the number I picked. Right, okay. Probably Messi. What's he make? I think he's on 50 million a year. Yeah, fine. Whatever. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, this is their jobs. This is their careers. Why would they put honor above their fucking career? Like... But if you think think that there's... uh, And and I think that's right. And that's, that's also why I'm not too bothered about it because I I don't think that they should be able to be in both leagues at once because it just doesn't make sense to me for for many reasons um but I think the player one like if they're going to sanction and say you can't play for your national team you can't play for this are they going to put sanctions on transfers for example is there going to be I don't know. Maybe they'll say, "Well, if you if could, because what could happen is we see players running down contracts more potentially mm. to move into the Super League. Let's say from the Premier League, La Liga, or wherever. Could the leagues then say, "Okay, well, if you do that, you're not allowed to transfer systems for at least another year." So those players like aren't potentially allowed to. You know, you can run down your contract, but you can't go and join that club for another year is what could know. be built into the contracts or those kind of things. I don't know. I don't know but whether there'd be employment law restrictions on that. If tra- Yeah, but I don't know what employment law exists on the simple fact of these players anyway. Yeah. It's all international anyway, so like... Yeah, because it's like how... Right. I, I, I still don't understand in my mind how they can discriminate and not hire women for those teams, for example. But that's only my own ignorance and not from a system, right? right. It's one of the few areas where you can choose based on gender, simply purely done. Um, 
But if that money is going to filter across anyway, that's why I'm thinking, well, do I mind? Like if I've got a catchment area of great youth products and South London is one of the best in the area, like literally everyone that comes through Palace and a lot of the people that go through Chelsea's Academy, just because mm-hmm. it's the closest, are all South East London and Croydon. Like yeah. you can form fantastic teams out of players from that area. So like, I'm not concerned if I know, okay, well, I know you're getting 350 million quid TV deal a year. My, the premiums for these players just went up if if you want to buy them because the, the impetus is on those leagues once you start this Super League format, you have to have the best players based on Oscar's argument. You have to, because that's what people want to see. You can't afford to have that distraction outside of different leagues. So that does that mean that the money just ends up finding its way into the other leagues anyway and the, and the system just carries on? I think that there's a zero fucking percent chance that the Euros or the World Cup happen with any players missing, whether this European Super League happens or not. You really think that FIFA's going to be like, okay, sorry, Lionel Messi, it's your last World Cup, but you're not allowed, right? Like, that's that's a bunch of horseshit. The people that have the power here, because the money is the power, the bargaining, the bargaining ability is the power, is the teams and the players. They have what we want to watch. I want to watch Lionel Messi. I don't want to watch... I couldn't name a single player from Krasnodar. I don't want to watch Brentford as much as they are on Analytics FC, darling. Right? Like, you spit on Ivan Tony's <laughs> name. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Do you, you know do? what I'm saying, though? Like, like, they have the power because they have the Messi. Messi is the thing. Yeah, but he's well old. So, um, <laughs> But if all the players and the managers like feel cheated by this, and I, I am waiting to see who comes out and kind of breaks their silence more, We've only really seen some players from PSG uh, and some from other teams that aren't involved in this actually coming out and saying what it means because some of them might not want to take that risk, potentially. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the other side because it all depends on what you actually want from your career. Not everyone... <laughs> I, I, I don't, They get paid a fuckload of money, but not everyone gets into football for the money as well. No, 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 of course. It's the element. So it's it's kind of that interesting influence there but, of what is what has been spoken about yeah but i think oscar's ultimately right in that the 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 money is what talks these days because footballers get paid such ridiculous amounts and you know we've all had a not not so much oscar obviously but we've all had a sort of club versus country uh debate in our heads which hasn't been much of a debate we've all sort of gone yeah club you know and if we're so quick to do that of, oh, would you want Peterborough to win the Premier League or uh, England to win the World Cup? And you go, Peterborough would win the Premier League. <laughs> and most people would choose their club having great success over the, over their country these days. I think that's a change that's happened over the last 20, 30 years. But yeah, the and players are the same. If you offer a player, especially if it's a player who has come from a working class background, dream like money then they're not necessarily going to mind if they can't play for their country i don't think i i think it's become less and less i also agree that it won't happen i think that you're right fifa will not 
you know, they won't want to put on a World Cup without any players, with, with players missing. That's I think called, you're right. That's called the Olympics and no one watches it. <laughs> yes, you said, yeah, absolutely. Like, the, the Olympics have an international <laughs> soccer competition every four years without all the best players in the world. And when was the last time you watched an Olympic soccer match? <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's, that, think... that, that doesn't necessarily track for me because it's such a small element of such a greater thing. Yeah, it's... Fine, it's... fair enough. Fine, 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 fine. But like... <laughs> But the point stands, I think. Like the World Cup, they're not running the World Cup without their best players. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's a one, another one of those. It, it's not quite as empty threat, maybe because they they could pursue it. But ultimately, I think players will choose big contracts over country, and ultimately that means that 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 FIFA threat I don't mm. think will happen. There, I mean, there, it's, there's it's irrelevant because if Bayern aren't in the Super League, then they're winning fucking everything anyway. So yeah. Germany's, <laughs> Germany's going to win everything because all the German players play for Bayern. They're yeah, going to win the Champions League, true. you know. Are Bayern the ones that could kill this? The German clubs... Potentially, yes. Potentially. Yeah, the, the German clubs with their... Uh, I think we were talking on the chat, Chuck, and you mentioned their ownership model of the 51%. So 51% of German uh, Bundesliga clubs has to be owned by the fans is that right pretty much yeah or like by the fans itself. associations yeah so german clubs haven't given a sniff of being interested in this for now um, i think they're waiting to see how this plays out i think there's a, there's probably an element of that but you think if a super league actually happens Bayern's not going to get themselves in there once it actually I mean, is uh, up and running there, there has to be a level at which a team is happy to go you know what we won't go to that we'll get really good pr and we'll absolutely clean up there is there is a level at which, in in terms of ability, that happens. Do you think there's a PR campaign strong enough that gets German fans on board? Well, it's such a hugely fan dominated thing in Germany because it's yeah. so accessible, so cheap, so yeah. And, and, they've, and, and they've run they've run the game so well for the fans for so many years that I think that's a hell of a selling job to do on the the fifty one percent that own yeah Bayern well, Munich. And Yelly, who is the driving force behind this, the Juventus owner, uh, owner or director or whatever, I can't, I, be, I can't claim to know be an expert in this, but he did have a position with UEFA. He has left that obviously being called mm-hmm. a snake by the president of, of UEFA and that position has been taken up by Karl-Heinz Rummenigger who is the owner of Bayern right okay so yeah. he's fit back into that slot and it's kind of very much a statement of well I'll, I'll be here now then and and take more of a control of how we want things and you know that's the thing as well is all the statements that have come out have been really strong inverted commas because they've yeah. all got this door open of how we can make it work that it makes sense for all parties mm. like i think i think it would be quite cool if it if there was a way it could happen is if there was a league that was above the premier league almost yes. where yes. a division of it like i think that would be quite a cool idea obviously the promotion and relegation is difficult to work out because it's country based as well but that would be quite a cool system wherein you could get promoted out of your National League for a year yeah. and go into that. For example, as yeah. a dream idea, whatever ridiculousness. Yeah. I think the thing that sticks in everyone's craw is that it's the the no relegation or how it would work if 15 teams have definite status and then five are just brought in or invited or how it works because yeah. it's it, it, that is a big thing in American sports, granted. That's absolutely fine. And you see some things being thrown around that some of the American owners of these football clubs don't understand what relegation is or why we have relegation. And it's it's quite interesting because 
you know, it's a system that's used everywhere around the world, apart from in America, sort of like Fahrenheit and the dating system. Um, but it it's just just quite strange to me that how would that work? Because if I have 15 clubs that can't leave it and five mm. play, five teams that are invitational, what happens if those five teams finish one to five? Yeah, well, yeah, but it, I, after a couple of years, that's never never going to happen because the the revenue will be you know so no, at least much. these teams are in turmoil crisis whatever it is at the minute or you yeah. know we've been saying for ages how Real Barca you're like they're not what they were and Chelsea have you know obviously had to turn a corner big times and City AC Milan are in, in this league I know AC Arsenal. and Inter are fucking cheeky getting in on this shit <laughs> well Inter Inter have finally started to kind of turn things around Juventus are flailing whatever you've got Arsenal in there you've got Tottenham in there you've got Man United, these teams aren't what they were. And so this, that's why I think it's it's just funny that they come in at this point and try and do it. And so, like, what if something happens and teams finish above them? You know, it's like, what happens then? Oh, well, you finished third, but sorry, you're relegated. Let me, let me jump in here because I have spent most of the morning listening to English people up in arms about the idea of a league that doesn't have relegation and how it has <laughs> no sporting merit and it's someone on um I think it might have been on the Ramble. I don't know. I listened to like seven podcasts this morning, was like, oh, it's an exhibition league. There's no stakes. There's no what these players aren't gonna try hard when there's no threat of relegation. Like, okay. I like relegation and promotion a lot. Okay, I think yeah, it's, it's a really good. fucking yeah, cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> but the the idea that like sporting competitions that don't have relegation are not going to be fought really intensely by the parties involved is so fucking offensive to an entire country's worth of sports <laughs> leagues. The yeah. NFL is, I, I don't like the NFL, but you guys are getting into it and watching it and there's no relegation. And all of a sudden England is all about the NFL. The NBA has no promotion or relegation. Uh, a small percentage of people amazing. do. Okay. There is there are a lot of people like they'll always sell out all the games here, but I don't, I don't think it's, I, I see what you mean. Like, don't get me wrong. Of course, I do. That's that's the problem. Why actually having debate is really hard because we're we're all like all right with each other, and in in some way we all can get on each other's wavelengths. And so that's why, like, I had to preface this with: ultimately, I could just sit here and go, "I don't give a fuck." Like, my sure, teams do yay, exist. Obviously. I don't care. But <laughs> you know, it's what 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 could happen is that you do still. What I find interesting, then, let's say, is that like without relegation. That, that there will be teams from this that potentially for like two, five, six, maybe 10 years just sit in the bottom two of these leagues. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all relative, right? It's, it's, it's all <laughs> relative. If you're sitting and you're the shittest and it's meant to be to attract the, the fans and these kind of things, like, and the whole point is, like you said, Oscar, is about international fans and and people being able to choose their team because they enjoy it and because they love it, are they then just going to lose those fans? And then we have another situation in because these things always work in smaller time frames as each step happens, right? It's the whatever it is, exponential growth of technology or those kind of things. Change happens in shorter increments over time. What happens in 10, 15 years when they go, right, let's do a super duper league then and uh, we don't want to play Arsenal anymore because it's fucking Arsenal. Because fucking hell, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just funny to me. It's, it's. I think my job here, turns out, is to be <laughs> That's what it is. the job to talk people off a ledge, hype, existentially sporting. Yeah, like, yeah. obviously, like you said, none of this matters, whatever. It's all none bullshit. Of it. Don't give a fuck. 
None of this is also probably going to happen the way it's been introduced. UEFA already came out today and was like, what if we did the Super League but called it the Champions League still? With their own... Like, oh, they- no, that was their... They were going to change it anyway. They were going to change the format and that's done. That changes 24-25. Yeah, that's why this announcement happened all of a sudden yesterday is because they knew yeah. that the Champions League changes were going to be announced today and they were like, no, let's get ahead of it. A century's worth across a variety of sports of American sporting history. I promise you... There will still be stakes. Teams that are shit and always at the bottom will still have fans. I still watch the New York Knicks. Like, yeah. there will still be excitement. There will still. But is like, that because you're from New York? Sure. Yeah, but like that's. There will still be people from Barcelona who are. If if God forbid, Barcelona is the worst team for ten years running, right? There's still going to be people who are like, I I guess I'm a Barcelona fan, and that's just what I am. Like, if Chelsea got relegated by some craziness of the world or whatever, I'm not going to stop being a fucking Chelsea fan. The idea that fans will quit, some fans will quit, but the idea that all fans will quit because your team is shit for a long time, like, Newcastle still has fans. Yeah, but, you know but what I mean? yeah, like, true, but if Chelsea got relegated, you'd have that season where you absolutely blitz the championship. That That's, you know, so that might keep you, keep you going. Norwich have just gone down and immediately come back up in really fast time i i know what you're saying and i think you're absolutely right because to to say that uh, a league with no relegation no uh, no promotion is without merit is to ridiculously write off load loads of other leagues in the world including you know largely in america which is ridiculous but I feel like this. They're they're doing this weird halfway house. Yes. With yes. Th- with this fifteen founder members and then five who qualify regularly. If you want to make this a closed shop, make it a closed shop. Have the balls Couldn't to agree just more. go. Off we go. This is entirely separate, and mm-hmm. and the Premier League's doing its own thing now. It's a it's essentially a regional league or whatever. But this is the Premier League's doing its own thing now because that's a closed shop. But we you know we've re- had ridiculous over-the-top conversations about the football pyramid before where you know (laughs) we've sort of said oscars destroy the pyramid which obviously isn't true that that all came from a conversation about free market economics of the uh games not being on saturday three o'clock on television and americans and other global uh, global fans being able to watch more premier league games than we can in this country because of that saturday three o'clock rule and I know it's been a sort of part of the joke of me versus you and the pyramid, but, you know, and right, all that. Right, but, yeah. like, I am inclined to agree with that. Like, you, it's sort of ridiculous that we don't have games on Saturday, three o'clock on telly, in case you wouldn't go to watch Peterborough or, yeah, or yeah, lower yeah, league yeah. clubs. Your 1,000-seater you stadium Yeah, club. if the product's not good enough, I get it. You know, it's a, that that's sort, sort of ridiculous. But it's interesting hearing Chuck say he's not that bothered because Palace will carry on. I, I totally get that. And it shouldn't it shouldn't bother me because Peter aren't gonna to be touching these leagues yeah. <laughs> anytime soon, you know. But you can't even get up to the championship. Well, you will this year, but it's just been a while. Mate. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> but it I would be happier with this if it was what Chuck said of a this could be part of the pyramid. We could be a, it could be a European pyramid now. And you could get promoted from the Premier League. From the Bundesliga, from where you're shaking your head, Oscar. Okay, hang on, but like, I I like that idea of just extending the pyramid, but obviously the clubs don't because the owners right. are interested in. Yeah, I absolutely aware of. Yeah, that'll of never why happen. It, yeah, why it won't happen. Because all of this the, was prefaced by all pinch of salt. 
It's just <laughs> about, about money. money. Yes. <laughs> All it is. All it ever was. How are yeah. we in a situation where people are potentially feeling like Sky Sports, FIFA and UEFA are the good guys <laughs> in this? They aren't. Yeah. They aren't. They are also... Or just money grabbing scum. Yeah, they're just mad that and they're they losing money. They are just money. upset because someone's pissing on their, their rug, man. It really holds the room together. But they're not happy. That's part of it for the clubs, too, because, like, they're just mad that they have to share their money with teams like Burnley or mm. Real Betis. I don't know. Are they even still in the Liga or have they been relegated? Well, I don't know the deal. Real Betis, like, you, mentioned, you mentioned Real Betis. Real Betis. <laughs> They've changed their website today. So is there, on their website, the La Liga table has Real and uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona taken out. So, and Atletico. <laughs> and yeah. Atletico, sorry, yeah. So they're now Real Betis placing them third. There you <laughs> so go. They've just, they've you just go. removed them. Exactly. <laughs> Look. And I think, I can't remember who it was, one of the teams uh, changed the fixtures on their website so that the top six teams have been changed to their Pro Evo names. <laughs> so it's Manchester Reds, Manchester Blues, North London oh, White. It's, yeah. it. it's Piemonte it. FC now, not Juventus. Pier- Piemonte Calcio or whatever yeah, it is for yeah, yeah. Juventus. That is the source of all this. These clubs know that... A Chelsea fan on the West Coast in Los Angeles is not getting up at four in the morning to watch Southampton Burnley. They're getting up at four in the morning. And by the way, find me George from Sutton fucking willing to wake up at four in the morning for a boring, boring soccer match that he knows yeah, is going to be boring. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Who's George? Talk about, I don't know, some random guy. He's a plastic, mate. He's a fucking plastic. He's a plastic. He's a local, but he's a plastic. Exactly. I can find you a George in Sutton, I imagine. I don't know if it's going to be the right George. I need a surname. I need a postal address. One like, of them, give me fucking something. No, but what I'm saying is that the, the bigger clubs know that they're the ones that people want to watch. And they're tired of generating revenue for all these other people and like that are yeah. f- basically feeding off them. And so all those clubs were like, well, what if we just owned all the money ourselves and didn't have to share? And that's gross. And they're taking advantage of a pandemic and they didn't check with the fans or the players. Like they're going about it all sorts of the wrong way. But that's what it boils down to is UEFA, FIFA, the Premier League. Everybody's like, no, 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 no. We still want to suckle off the teat of fame. Don't go away. We want to say that we have you in our league. We don't want you to go start your own league. Like, that's, the, that's what it boils down to. These, these clubs are tired of giving away basically publicity for free because they're the ones that people are watching, right? And, like, that's what it comes down to. But I think I could not possibly agree more. I've never agreed with you more, Ian, than when you said that this is a bullshit half measure because that's what feels wrong about this to me is it, it feels incredibly disingenuous. These clubs know, are saying these things. These entities, these organizations are all saying these things. They don't mean anything of what they're saying. They're just saying, listen, things need to change, and I'm actually forcing the issue as far as change goes, right? Yeah. And, and this is a terrible half measure. You know what I would love? If they said we're leaving the Premier League to do yeah, this on the I mean. weekends. I, like, it would be more agreeable yeah. for that closed shop to be away from the Premier League entirely. And, you, and then people who support clubs like Palace... And I won't lump them in, but like Peterborough, I'm not lumping Peterborough with Palace, don't worry, Chuck. But like, you know, we can just forget about them. We, if we want to, we can just forget about them. Yeah. We probably won't. We'll probably pay the fucking subscription like everyone else. But like, we can just forget about them if we want to. Um, what you, you raised something um, about getting up at 4 a.m. Just logistically, 
with midweek kickoffs, how does this work? Who's it for? Because there's been a lot of, you know, some of the negative reaction has been definitely, uh, definitely because of the um, no relegation, no promotion thing. There's been a bit of a sort of, oh, this is the Americanization of of, of our great game. We don't own it. Yeah, <laughs> you go. And uh, I think and... you'll find uh, no, no, no. <laughs> that we nicked it from China, <laughs> but like Greece. The, with mid, was it Greece? Okay, uh, <laughs> ancient with, uh... Greece. It's the... Oh, I see. Right. Ancient Greece is the first form of people rolling up women, actually, but rolling up clothes into a ball, rolling tying up, it up, and getting yeah, <laughs> kicking, <laughs> kicking women across the field. No, uh, I don't, not. I don't condone not that. Kicking women, ancient Greece. No, Everything not, came from ancient what, Greece. That's not what the women's super league's going to be. Um, but with midweek kickoffs, how does this work? Because if they're going to be the same sort of time as the Champions League ones are. And this is maybe a minor point, but then American people are going to be at work. Yes. They're not going to be able to yeah. watch it. it. It sucks. If it's 7.45, then Asian t- uh, Asian fans are going to be, what, it's going to be midnight. It's going to be right. one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that if it's that um, time, that suggests it's for European audience. Right. If they're going to play, if they're going to play earlier in the, in the day, if they're going to play... Uh, Wednesday or three o'clock, then it's okay for the Asian fans, but the American market's completely out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. this has to be on the weekends. This has to be on but the that's weekends. Why, that's why I think the weekends is inevitability. It, is, it does feel right. like an inevitability. It's a, it's a three, four, okay. five o'clock on a on a weekend game. So you think the midweek thing is just an opening gambit before what will eventually become because the they won't be in the Premier League. Yeah, so they'll be able so to play. I think we're a long time away from them leave, being ready to leave the Premier League. Again, because of money, they already have contracts signed with TV broadcasters all over the world for the next five to six years for hundreds of millions of pounds. So these teams don't want to give up that money. So I think that the first version of this is uh, going to be replacing the Champions League. There's going to be a lot a side issue on that. There's going to be a lot of legal wrangling because a lot of these contracts with different international broadcasters started and ends at different times, and they start signed contracts with a belief that there would be certain teams involved. Well, yeah, you know, exactly. Be... That's why the Premier League isn't going to kick these guys out or relegate them because then well, what's yes, NBC yeah. or whoever broadcasts it in China going to say? But but then if they if if this is going to happen and the Premier League stays happening concurrently, then how is it going to happen at weekends? So it's not. That's what I'm saying. I think at first, like, this is genuinely them. If I had to guess, because we're just guessing here at this point. Yeah. I yeah. think that they're going to replace the Champions League or convince UEFA to just make the Champions League into this Super League. I think the clubs are going to get what they want as far as the midweek goes. I think anyone who's saying they're going to never watch their team against full shit, maybe some of them will, but whatever. Right. But I think even yeah, not a bit, not a big enough percentage to make a exactly. difference. Long term, though, I do think that this ends up becoming a weekend thing. I do think this right. eventually replaces La Liga and the Premier League and the league on and and I do think also for the record, eventually Bayern Munich and PSG. PSG is just not on board because they're in the pocket of UEFA, and Bayern Munich is not on board because they just got made the president of UEFA. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like this is going to happen one way or another. It's just a matter of when and how. And I think eventually it is going to be a weekend thing. There's too much. There's just way too much money to be made in making one league with teams that know they're not going to get kicked out, like American teams, that will have all of the best players in one subscription that I'm going to pay for to watch. <laughs> it's not yeah. It's not sustainable to have... I When I first got into writing, my first column every year was... 
the new American soccer fans guide to European soccer. Because how fucking weird is it that they have four competitions that they're in? That yeah. doesn't seem weird to you guys, but it's very confusing. Yeah, no, no. It's well, very confusing you, you at first. Only have to, you only have to think about it for a, a few minutes and you go, yeah, what the fuck? Even even domestically. Yeah, the FA Cup, the, the, league cup, the League Cup. What the fuck is the League Cup? Like, fuck the League <laughs> yeah. Cup. We won't, none of yeah. us want the League Cup anymore, right? Like, <laughs> this is all the natural growing process of globalization and capitalism and smaller competitions. We're all basically okay at this point with the League Cup going away, pretty much, right? <laughs> Yeah. That's just how tradition works. They change. No one cared about... Ozil was like, I didn't grow up wanting to win the European Super League. I'm like, of course well, you fucking didn't exist. exist. Fucking yeah. I didn't grow up <laughs> wanting to like go to the restaurant on the moon because there is no... You know what I mean? Like, that's such a stupid thing to say. But... I want to go to the restaurant on the moon. Yeah, just me too. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't see how we don't end up there. And I do think that like this is largely a consequence of specifically the Premier League, specifically in 2006 after that World Cup, being like, hey, the rest of the world, give us hundreds of millions of pounds every year and you can watch all of our games and we will make it easier for you mm. to watch than our English fans in the stadium, our, play, our fans here in yeah. our community. Yeah. That brought the money. That then brought all of the players. The Premier League hoovers up all the talent. Like... And we're and everybody's totally fine with Watford being able to afford a Barcelona player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the moment yeah. that now that's happening to England, with some with like some of the money getting funneled away, mm. then it's a problem. Like the rest of the world has already been annoyed that we don't get to have a league and we don't get to have players that play in our country. But that's just the fucking deal. They go play in the Premier League or they go play in the Liga. Don't go where the money is, yeah. Absolutely. If I wanted to watch soccer conveniently, I would watch the MLS. But I don't. I get up ass early on the weekends and I take time off in the week to watch the Champions League because I want to watch... There's X number of hours in my life and I want to watch the best soccer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, absolutely. And that's the thing. You're, the, the reason your perspective is interesting is because it is more valuable to the clubs these days than mm. final chucks. That is, the, that is the fact of it. But fans have been complicit with this, and if they're if they're yeah. saying they haven't, it's not true. When they've been willing to have anyone buy their club, yeah. and put the investment in, and they haven't complained about it, and I totally understand that. By the way, I'm not necessarily having a go at anyone because if a big investor came into Peterborough, sign me up. You know, I'm 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 all for it. Yeah, and Peterborough in the Super League. Yeah, yeah, fucking Let's sign me up. Yeah. yeah, then we check out on Posh Island. <laughs> but um, so, but but fans can't claim they haven't known about this sort of thing going in that direction. And by that direction, I mean rank capitalism. That is obviously <laughs> yes, how it's been yes, going. Yeah, it's and always going to happen. And always. you say it started with Abramovich. I mean, go back further. Jack Walker bought Blackburn, and two years later, they went from struggling in the Premier League, or, or sorry, struggling in the first and, and flight and struggling to get promotion, to winning it, winning the Premier yeah. League, you know, and that was from steel money, not oil money. It, it fucking always sure. happens. Yeah, you whatever, know? you know, whatever yeah, natural just, goods it, you want just, to exploit. It's the natural order. It's <laughs> the natural order in a natural... Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you, you mentioned the Premier League. How is this different from the Premier League? Because this, to me, this seems like when the Premier... My understanding and I'll tell you the American understanding of it, and then you can correct me, is okay. that at some point in the early 90s, the best teams in England were like, 
fuck the way this is run. We don't like this. We want more power. We're going to get together. We're going to leave the pyramid. We're going to leave the old division or whatever. And I'm, this is probably where I'm wrong. And, and they were like, we're going to start our own thing. And then that happened. And then the pyramid, the league, the FA was like, the league, I guess I should say, is the right people probably. I don't know. It was like, <laughs> all right, well, let's let's figure something out. And that's why the championship which is a weird name for the second division well, is called the championship. No. So, yeah. so tell You're me more. Different correct timelines me. Now for correct that. me. Yeah. So again, this was, I wasn't born, so I'm hoping <laughs> I get this right. It was more because they wanted to, it was driven by Sky basically. Yeah. And they realized that it could be more marketable to people and they could get more money from it being on TV and those kind of things. So those clubs wanted to drive those deals. They didn't want to completely remove themselves from the league. Okay. They still wanted it to be a part of it. Um, the reason it's called the championship is because the championship is the top tier of the English Football League. And that didn't change until a few, 2000. A few years afterwards, yeah. It's ultimately a branding thing. Yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, it, so I think there are similarities and differences. Similarities being, it's all about money. Fucking need a jingle for that. But like... Yes, it was all about money, but as Chuck said, it was largely driven by Sky. It was, uh, I think, it was more Sky approaching the clubs than it was the other way round. Uh, yeah. Just we can do, we can do this if you're on board. And what you've got to understand is that football on on TV was one game a week on the BBC. The BBC have a limited sort of central budget they can work from. And they put one game a week on. That's what match of the day was. It was match of the day. We 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 watch a match that the BBC select. That is genuinely what it was. Yeah. Now, to, you know, there were there was opposition to it um, among more among working class fans because Sky were putting this in and saying we will, you know, we're taking away the match that the BBC get to put on. They will only get a highlights package now which is still called Match of the Day. <laughs> but they right. will only get a highlights package now. But, you know, Sky will put on three, four games over the weekend, midweek games, they'll put those on. So there was enough of an advantage to fans that I think it was saleable uh, to the general public. Uh, that, 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 And they were still in the pyramid. You could get promoted to the Premier League and right. it became okay. the Holy Grail. You know, uh, so okay, that is a that's huge difference. The, that's right the there. difference is that they, 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 it wasn't a closed shop. While financially, it sort of worked out like that. I mean, parachute payments and that mean there's probably now thirty. Well, it didn't come into that. That as a factor was probably a lot later. That was than a it lot became. later, you're right? Yeah, but, that, but that's just naturally as time went on and the TV money got more and more and more. Yeah, sure. And went from. And it it was it was the year that Palace got promoted. That game yeah. became the most uh, lucrative at that point. Was the most financially lucrative game in football in the history of football. Yeah, because the winner got one hundred and twenty million pounds. Yeah, which was year. insane. Yeah. And the difference was that I think the year that year Man United won the league question mark and they got about thirty million quid for finit for for winning. But the next year, Cardiff got nearly eighty million for yeah. finishing twentieth because the TV deal, the, the new deal, kicked so in and it yeah, went I mean, crazy. That's why yeah. I cited 06 as like the cutoff point to me is when they had sold the international rights. 
Yeah, yeah, because then for like the Premier League... Like, that is when the money really fundamentally changed. Yeah. And you're fucking crazy if you think that, like, Chelsea's getting relegated. There's no yeah. promotion relegation for those big six teams anyway. As bad as Arsenal are, and they're having the worst year, <laughs> they're still in the top ten. But the pyramid does give you that thing of... of and it would require the sort of investment we're talking about. But, the, you, you, you know, your Peterborough's can get there. They can get there. Sheffield United got there. They stayed in there. They got relegated again. For but, now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. that, that's what it is. I think it's more, it's, because you're right, there, there's realistically, but but you get that element and it's an excitement and it's a buzz and it's a it's an element of the league. Yeah. When you see Chelsea drop down to a, as low as 17th, I think it was in 16th. Mourinho. 16th. 16th. Thank okay. you very okay. much. Thank you. <laughs> I don't remember Palace were fourth at that point, so I didn't look that far down the league, mate. So Yeah, but what did we finish? Eighth? Seventh? That year? Shut I think up. we finished. I, was, I wasn't looking that high up the league at that Fair point. Um, but it but it but like things like this, and it generates that kind of buzz. And I just think it's because it's what we're used to, and not in the preservation of of things and keeping things as they are because naturally things have to change like we don't want to be boomerish about it yeah that, that we don't important, want yeah. that but but i could because i just think it's because of what we've had as our in, enjoyment of this thing mm. and especially after the last year and how you know the fact that we've had the opportunity to get burnt out by football that's a good um, point. Yeah. Because because of how much they've showed us and how much of a lifeline it has been for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And wh- whatever your personal opinion of that may be, whether you think that is pathetic or whether that is that person's crutch, yeah, as it were. And so that's why I think, especially at the end of the pandemic and everything that they've said previously, it's all about the fans. We want to, I mean, we didn't really talk about this. We want to protect the players. You want to protect the players and complain about fixture congestion, <sighs> but you want to play 38 league games games in the Premier League. You also want to play 18 league games in the Champions, in the Super League or whatever it is. Oh, the, the, then the you want to play two-legged prote- quarter leagues. Yeah, the finalists will potentially play 25 games. If, if they're the finalists that finished fourth or fifth, uh, and had a two-legged playoff to get into the quarterfinals, yeah. which are also Whilst two-legged. Whilst also staying in your domestic... <laughs> yeah. A bit, so, yeah, it, like, it's a half measure that doesn't let's work. cross. Let's cross that off that player welfare is a fucking concern to you. Yeah, the yeah. clubs are full The players shit. are a fucking commodity as well. Because, oh, they get paid all this money. Yeah. That's why I think the emotional response has been so quick and so severe is because this last year for a lot of people has been fucking shit. And now it feels like... Because that's what's confusing about me, for me. These clubs aren't disappearing. They aren't going anywhere. Your club's not... This is what I don't understand from from those people's point of view. Maybe I should engage about it, but to be honest, at the minute, like I don't feel comfortable enough in myself engaging in those kind of things on Twitter. And I was very conscious coming into doing this is that people listen and start to challenge and, and whatever because this, I'm, just, I'm personally not in the right mindset for that at the moment, shall we say. Fair enough. But like, if this happened, if... Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, whatever, all these teams get kicked out of their leagues tomorrow. This this season for them is null and void. They're stripped of whatever. And they go off and form this Super League. At least your club still gets to exist. Like there are... I've 
dealt with it. And and at this point, I wasn't really focused massively on football, but I've dealt with it and had my club nearly on the brink of extinction. We've seen it with Bolton. We've seen it with Berry. We've seen teams going through massive financial hardships and getting stripped out or having this, you know, when we had like the MK Dons thing mm. uh, previously and then an AFC Wimbledon having to build up from absolutely nothing. It's a real protest from a position of privilege like and an element of it to me is like oh my team's like oh they're doing all the money and all the best players like this is what you have been asking for and that's what oscar you kind of said before is like is this this is kind of a, a symptom of wanting your team to be better than everyone else is that they want to protect this they want that to happen when you're running a business you have to do an analysis of your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities and your threats. The opportunity here for these clubs is to corner a huge global market. And the threat to that is being humiliated by finishing below Burnley in a league and trying to claim that they are prestigious. <laughs> or these clubs, and, and you know, it is, it is a joke and it's a funny thing, but that's simply it. Mm. Is that they that, that element of there, they don't want there to be a question. They don't want that embarrassment. And that's why cumulatively, for me, it seems that all these things have happened at the same time. And it's very funny that now they go, right, this is what we want to do. We want to be separate from that. We don't want so to be embarrassed in that way. So let's wrap up the conversation this way. I want to ask you guys something. Apart from the obvious disgusting greed and lies that all of the clubs are like oh we care about the fans this is about protecting the economy of world football <laughs> the greed that we cannot be surprised about <laughs> right all of those things like setting that aside and i and i fully recognize that that is a hard thing for a lot of people to set aside it isn't as much of a challenge for me so like that's a big pill to swallow fine but those sort of like moral issues aside do you think what's the thing that people hate the most about this proposal? Is it that it's not promotion relegation, that it's a closed league or what? Like, what is it that rubs the British or European sporting fan other than, again, the capitalism and the greed? What rubs people so wrongly about this? I really, really want to try to understand that. I think there is an element of it being change to a system that feels foreign to us and i don't necessarily mean that by feels american or whatever but it's different and sure. people but you know people don't like change look at var now it's been badly implemented but you know people don't <laughs> like change and there is there is an element of that um but i think i think it is mostly the closed shop thing of deciding who these teams are that will be protected in their bubble getting 300 million pounds a year or whatever it is and those teams being chosen by the ven the revenue that they can put out. When Arsenal scrape a draw against Fulham and they sacked, furloughed, whatever, however many employees it was, while having discussions about setting something up where they're going to get £300 million a year. Oh, that's so gross. They're so gross for that. It doesn't sit right at all. Mm -hmm. with any, It shouldn't sit right with anyone, that particular aspect of it. But it's that. It's the setting up of the closed shop and going, you guys will do. You're not the best, but you're, you're earning the most money. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah, yeah. is what really rubs me up the wrong way of it being a closed shop. As I say, I, if they wanted to fully close the shop, I, can, I could get on board with it. But it's yeah. not a fully closed shop. It's this weird thing where five people, five teams can yeah. get blah, 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 blah. 
but the the closed shop and it being those teams that are picked on revenue is it's icky. I don't like it. Okay, okay, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, that's fine. And that's I mean, fair. almost almost to punctuate our point, literally as you said, that Leeds just equalised with Liverpool in the eighty seventh minute. Who scored of the game? So. You know, I don't know who scored. What am I, the, uh, Diego Lorente? Um, you know, it's that. That is the kind of point. That's that's it. And so, okay. I, I I think it's people feel like it's being taken away from because I think people feel that the next logical step is, or well, not necessarily logical, but so we say inevitable step is that your match day price goes up, and oh, yeah, it's uh, and it's uh, a different subscription. And how much is it going to? How much is it going to cost me? Mm. Yeah. Because as much as you can complain about these people taking the money, it's ultimately going to be about whether you can also afford to... Yeah, that's the other end of the money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's your money they're taking. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it, I, I directly am the one funding this because mm. I am like... You fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> You're JP Morgan. I will Morgan. pay however much you ask me to pay to get up at 7.30 on a Saturday to watch Lionel Messi play against Chelsea <laughs> as opposed to Newcastle play against Chelsea. Yeah, like, yeah. And, I, and I, for the record, would 100% be a yes and on board if they were like, let's go all in on this. It's a weekend league. It's closed. There's no five rotating teams. There's no like, yeah. these are our teams. This is our league. These are our players. So let's the, do it. The lack of it, because you said quite early on that you you are actually uh, voting no in the format it is now and how they've done it. It's the closed shop thing for you as well. No, I want it to be... I don't like half measures. Yeah. I don't think this works in the middle of the week. I don't think they actually want it to be in the middle of the week. I don't, just don't think they have the balls to go for it, it on it the weekend It doesn't work yet. side by side with the Premier League in any way. The time yeah. zone thing that you said, like, all of these games are going to be on while... I'm at work. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to have to... And, like, I'm going to take days off when Chelsea are in the Champions League semifinals. That's just what happens. You take a half day if you care, or if you have a meeting that's important, you try to watch at your desk surreptitiously with your phone next to your computer screen, pretending like you're typing things and doing work, right? Like, that's just the deal for international fans. So I'd rather it was on the weekends. Yeah, I, I, w- yeah. I would be a solid yes if you told me this is on the weekends and it is fully closed. Fully shop. closed and on the weekends, its own thing. Yeah, yeah. its okay. own thing. Yeah. yeah, that's for me. But I totally, yeah. I also totally see where other people are coming from on that. And it does. It all feels really fucking gross. It all feels very gross. Uh, that'll conclude the European Super League talk. I demand that I get at least a minute to talk about Chelsea before we close up for the week. <laughs> Because even though we might get kicked out on Friday, we are in the Champions League semifinals, which is a big fucking deal for this club. We are now, by the way, eighth time into the Champions League semifinals, most for any English team. Shout out. Um, And most importantly, we beat the best team in the world on Saturday, and it was not a fluke. We genuinely outplayed City. Doubled their XG into the FA Cup final. I don't care about the FA Cup final as much as I care about having done well against City. Because again, fuck the domestic yep. cup competitions. Like, <laughs> it'd be nice if Chelsea get a trophy, but like, you know, whatever. Plucky little Chelsea, the tiny atom that dared to dream. <laughs> Dude, that was a performance. I mean, ten, ten man leads, but ten man leads beat on the week before. <laughs> ah, here we go. Come on, let, let me have. can't let you have let it. Let me have my nice week. We made the Champions League semi-finals. Champions League, yeah, that's fine. Super League for now. You, you can't. I'm not. I'm not gonna allow you. <laughs> after you were so <laughs> horrifically chastising of the FA Cup and continue to be 
to okay. be this fair weather about it. Whether I agree with it or not, <laughs> whether I would be in the exact same position and have actively come out and said I wouldn't care about Palace being in the FA Cup until it's the quarterfinals. <laughs> I don't I don't care. You're I not really don't care. Though, Chuck. I don't care no. that it was in the FA Cup. I care that we went to City, City yeah. in a game that both teams cared about. Well, it was, at, it was and... at Wembley, so you didn't go to City. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Ian. It was in <laughs> if anything, it was a home game. <laughs> Uh, we are, we are good there at Wembley. That's true. We are very good at Wembley as well. I think we have the best record of any team at Wembley ever. At the new Wembley. Obviously. Well, pro rata, check Peterborough's. Nah, it was, a, it was a genuine coming out party for this group that had been bo- like brewing something really good for a long time. That was a comprehensive performance. It was. We have now, under Tuchel, played Pep, played Jose, played Klopp, played Simeone twice, played... Um, there was one more. I don't know. All the best managers Hodgson. in the world. Hodgson. Yes, Hodgson. Sure. And conceded zero goals in those games. That feels pretty fucking good. Chelsea next year might be the best team in the world, and it's so exciting. And King this was to a large extent. King of the They're Super coming League. out party. Yeah, in the Super League. Let's fucking go. Let's go. So I just wanted to shout out Chelsea for that, because that they brought me much joy this weekend. And last week in the middle of the week, too. So. Good week for all three of our clubs, actually. Really, at was the it? end of the day. Yeah. Well, we yeah. didn't play. Had yeah. a blank, we didn't play, so. and you made up, and you signed someone young, <laughs> our own player. Just kept him. <laughs> that's as uh, that's as good as it gets for Palace. I think, yeah. So, all right. Well, after uh, thank you for indulging me to talk about how happy Chelsea makes me because it's nice to talk about happy things. <laughs> Did I indulge you? Uh, <laughs> and I think on that note, we can probably get out of here, right? No one wants to. It, we've been here for forever. I don't want to do the bluffer. Uh, yeah, we'll leave the bluffer for this week. But uh, did, we, did we talk about Jose getting fired? Oh, fucking no. A! <laughs> <laughs> I meant to put that in the news and I skipped it. Okay, Jose's out. <laughs> I just realised. I, yeah, I, I was looking back and thinking, oh, maybe we could... Is there anything notable that happened in the fixtures? Not really. And then look, nope. Everton Spurs. Oh, 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 hello, he's gone. All right, well, shout out Jeff. I guess Jeff is happy that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that Jose's family gone. Before a final as well. Before a cup indignity. final, <laughs> I know a cup final against Pep of all people too. Like to to that's the like that's definitely the meanest thing they could have done. Yeah, yeah. Is fire yeah. Jose on a day when no one cares and no one's talking oh, he's, about he's it? He's all over the social media, just being happy, just being like, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, video videoing all the photographers. How much? As many as thirty million, Jose. Yes. <laughs> He's made a hundred million pounds off of getting fired. What a man. I can't wait to lose my manager next season. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Jose in. Wow. Um, there is a little bit. I've seen some conspiracies that he was got rid of because he was going to walk uh, because of the Super League. I don't believe that potentially um, why he would care. Famously probably. anti-money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The man who's paid a hundred million pounds from not being good at his job. Um, yeah. At least for that those periods, um, but apparently it's because uh, Bayern have actually come out and Hansi Flick has gone, and because they want Nagelsmann at Tottenham, uh, they they've got rid of Jose to try and get Nagelsmann into Tottenham. Is the, oh, the I thing thought I'm you were going to say minute. that Bayern are in for Jose? Oh no, no, no! And he's he's made a whole thing about how he doesn't want to coach in Germany. And that, that's why Pep was a fraud, because like, it's so easy to win in Germany. Uh, because he's a, and because he's a big, bold fraud. <laughs> right, sure. Oh, I thought for a second, I was like, wait, do I want that? That might be a hell of a show. <laughs> what, all or nothing by Munich with Jose? Yeah, uh, no thank you. Lewandowski at right back, just fuck off on the bench. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> 
But he signs Dele Alley on day one and makes him a star player. Just to, just to fucking troll everybody. Why not? Oh, all right. Well, thank you for listening to the J-Lings podcast. Wait, what? Oh, fucking hell. Play the music. Get out of here. Newcastle won. What? Wolves won. Arsenal and Fulham drew. Man United beat Burnley. Leeds drew with Liverpool. 2.85 XG leads. Uh, say goodbye, Ian. Fuck. See you later. Say goodbye, Oscar. Come on, Chelsea. We're winning the Champions League. <laughs> You're going to be null and void, mate. Asterisk. Yeah, won't matter. Give it. Give it. Give it gigsy. Um, <laughs> thanks, Nate. We're um, girlfriend. Have a Patreon producer. Bye.